there, welcome back to Ask the Reporter, the show where I ask questions to reporters of the Signal newspaper about the stories that they wrote. So on today's episode, I'm going to actually talk to Clara, who wrote the story about Kimberly Ellis. I actually co-wrote it with her. Um, There's also an episode on the Central Valley Politics podcast about that, so you can go and check that out. And then I also talked to Tatiana about um, events from the Black Student Union that they had for Black History Month. She's actually part of the Black Student Union as well, so this is a really interesting conversation. So I'm here with Clara, and we're going to talk about one of the many stories that she has on the Signal Top 10. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So we're talking about Kimberly Ellis today. So tell me a little bit about that. We actually co-wrote that, by the way, but... Which she's can gonna... be found on csusignal.com. <laughs> but she's going to talk about that right now. So what I took away from the whole meeting was a sense of community. There were different people there um, with from different backgrounds, different ages. So I think that just goes to show the importance of the meeting in general overall. That it affects everybody from every age group. And um, the different questions that were being asked just kind of backed up that whole um, scene, I guess you could say. And what kind of questions were being asked? So there were questions asked about um, what she would do to improve just the daily lives of people in the LGBTQ community. And also um, questions about even, um, gosh, I'm so blanking on, on unions. Um, Questions about unions and how she would help them. And then also endorsements um, was being brought up quite a lot and how it affects the Democratic Party. So all of those questions were um, just some of the examples of things that were being asked. How did you feel about Kimberly Ellis? Like, did you like her? Did you like the way that she spoke or? Yeah, she seemed really personable. I actually went up to her and um, asked her if I could take photos after the whole talk was done for the story that we wrote and um, she's really, she seemed really down to earth and I mean, she was smiling and um, definitely there's always, or I should say sometimes a sense of a hierarchy in quotations that you can't see because this is audio of a person that's in charge. Like when you interview the mayor or something, there's just kind of that distance that you keep, you know what I'm saying? Like they're a person in charge and you're just a regular person, a civilian. But with her, it was like she was just a regular person who just wants to make a difference. And um, I know that there are people coming from all over the all over the valley. Um, can you tell me about like who you interviewed? Yeah. So I actually interviewed a student who's part of a Democratic club on campus at Fresno State. Okay, Andrew Dadasevich, A-N-D-R-E-W-D-A-D-A-S-O-V-I-C-H. Okay, and thank you for letting me interview you. No problem. So why do you think it was important to come out here, being from Fresno, all the way to Sherlock, to listen to her speak? Um, I haven't been available for any of her other speaking occasions, and while I have heard her speak before, I think that it's important to actually be able to ask questions of the person, um, especially since this is such a big position in the party. I've been a part of the party. I've gone to convention. I've seen how endorsements work. And I definitely think that we needed to see change. So I had to hear each candidate speak. I've heard each candidate speak now on their platform. And I definitely think that 
uh, Kimberly Ellis will be the more progressive candidate. So I just think it was important to hear both candidates speak while they're running for the office. So you were also there um, at the meeting. What did you take from it all? Well, um, so I don't know. Like, I really liked Kimberly Ellis. I did. I agree with um, the guy that you interviewed that she did seem like a very progressive candidate. She was very down to earth and very, like, willing to answer everybody's mm-hmm. questions. And that's that's something that you um, want to look for in somebody that's for what she wants power. to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I really liked also when um, people were asking her the questions. You could tell that they were a little bit upset, but she kept her cool the whole time. She actually answered their questions, which is something that I also took for granted that I'm now realizing, wow, she actually answered the questions because a lot of people, when they do get asked questions, when people in power, they will segue into something else or just try avoiding answering the question. But she actually almost made like a bullet point list when she was answering back so if you asked her about a b and c she would be like a this is what i have to say b this is what i have to say mm-hmm. and c this is what i have to say to the, make sure she fully there was even a yeah. like a point during her speech where she started to use like the chalkboard behind her <laughs> and like she was like writing down notes yeah. it was no it, like it was good like she was definitely there to inform and then like i agree with you there were some people who were getting really um i don't like it was snippy. agitated in a way <laughs> yeah and like some people were getting like angry they were taking their their anger out on her (laughs) and she was like she kept like she did she kept her cool the whole time and she calmly answered everybody's questions and it was it was nice it was really nice to see and who did you interview um i interviewed this girl um she was from she was a representative from the our revolution turlock who is um they were like a grassroots organization that were supporting Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. And she just really, she's like really interested in wanting to stay in the political scene, um, especially here. And so, you know, that's why she explained that's why she was there. So was there something interesting that she said that stuck with you? Um, she was just talking about kind of like what we said already, that she really liked how... Um, progressive that Kimberly Ellis really seemed to be and it's something that a lot of people are definitely looking for especially you know now with the Trump administration yeah see when I was interviewing um the student from Fresno State what stuck with me and we were talking about this outside of class and after the meeting was that he said that if you feel like you don't need to care about the government or politics that you're probably one of the people that has what did he what was the term he used again when I was um, telling you privilege yes power? <laughs> that you're one of the people that have privilege and you are the one that's going to be heard so you need to use your voice for the minorities and smaller groups that don't get to have the same voice that you do if you think you're above politics right now that shows that you have some kind of privilege and you need to recognize that using your privilege of not having to care you should definitely get involved because you are the people that every other minority needs right now Everybody needs your voice to be heard. Um, I think last election, I pushed for get out to vote. Even if you don't think your vote your vote is important, it definitely is. I've run for an office before, and I lost by five votes. Oh so I definitely think that like <laughs> running, uh, being involved in politics, having your voice heard, learning about it is important more than ever now that we have a hostile um, presidential administration. Which I think is something really important. Especially, like you said, with the Trump administration. 
Um, and then is there any like last thing that you want to talk about from this article? Mm, go read it. <laughs> go read it. I feel like it's very, we're very lucky to have her be able to come and squeeze us into her schedule to come at um, to Stanislaus campus and to come and talk to the people here. I feel like that's important to try to involve the smaller communities and she did that so she did so go like, read it <laughs> i was talking to um the people from the democratic club and they were talking about how they were able to get her because she was like on her way to yeah. somewhere else so we were like almost like a pit stop like she was able to find time in her day to stop at little old stanislaus <laughs> exactly turkey tech <laughs> she was able to make a stop here so i feel like that's something that you should also just take from her as a not only as a representative for the chair position but just as a person Mm -hmm. i feel like we need more candidates and people in the government that take that approach and then um definitely like people should be going to these things because it's important to kind of stay informed of what's going on even if things haven't kind of turned out the way that you may have wanted them to turn out or like expected <laughs> or expected like that's the reason that you should go to these things you you know to go and make a change and that's like the big message that everybody there was kind yes. of promoting change was definitely the the major topic that was the theme of the whole um meeting was change for the better <laughs> and to move forward All right. Well, thank you, Clara. Thank you. Okay, so uh, Clara and I are here with Tatiana, who is an editor at The Signal now. Hi, Tat. Hi. (laughs) Tat's. Um, <laughs> oh that's what I was going to say. I was like, hi, Tatiana. Oh, no. Tater Tatiana? <laughs> no, I don't even like Tater Tatiana. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and so go ahead. So tell me about the story that you wrote. Um, so I co-wrote my, I co-wrote my story with um, Stephanie, and we went to this BSU event for Black History Month. What's BSU for people that don't know? That is um, the Black Student Union. That's an organization on campus. And it was amazing. It had um, the Stockton mayor. So they had Mayor Tubbs. And it had um, Judge Thompson, who is the first African-American woman judge in the San Joaquin County. And who's Mayor Tubbs? Because you mentioned Mayor Tubbs. Oh, yeah. That, that's the, um, the first um, black mayor of Stockton. And also we had um, a professor from here. Who spoke? Oh, I can't really pronounce his name that correctly, but I believe it's Fila Uru. Like, I think that's how you say it. Uru. <laughs> so How's those it are, spelled? She's in a U- trans. U-H-R-U. Don't quote me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, it's only on audio. Whatever. Yeah. yeah okay. It's recorded. Yeah. It's the thought that counts. But I thought uh, all of their speeches were very inspiring. Um, and so what gave you the idea to write the story? Why did you write it? Well, we wanted to cover the Black History Month events on campus. Uh, we thought that it was really important because we're, we were in February and that's what we were there to celebrate was our diversity on campus, especially because the president has this new um, diversity commission that she's coming out with and she's planning on expanding it and, and making it more, um, like, I don't know, more structured than it used to be. It used to be a committee uh, for affirmative action, but now she's making it into something a lot bigger. And so I think that 
events like this would really highlight big momentous changes on our campus like that. Um, what were some topics that the speakers talked about? So uh, we started off with the professor who goes here. Um, he was teaching us about um, like this very specific kind of black people who are from actually South, like South America, like not from Africa. So he he like went off the assumption that we thought that all black people came from Africa, but he was saying like, no, there's some of them that come from uh, like South America and explaining about the people who who live there and how they're just a very small population now. They're only like 5,000, I believe. And most of them have come to America to seek opportunity. And he really stressed the importance of uh, ancestors. Um, and he was saying like, well, do you ever think about your ancestors? Because they're the reason that you're here right now and you should contemplate that. That was awesome. I, I really <laughs> liked his speech. Um, the next one was the the Stockton mayor. Oh no, sorry, it was the judge. She talked about her experience with being the first black woman judge in her county. Um, and she said that it's interesting because everybody kind of thinks that she's the spokesperson for all black people. And she's like, she has to constantly remind them that she's not the representative for everybody. <laughs> um, she's just one person. And she said that it's kind of, it, it's hard to explain that to people, but she says it's really, really important that if you want to make a change in your community, you have to be a part of the system that you're in. So um, she reached out and was trying to be a part of the system in our community to try to change those stereotypes and change that kind of frame of thinking of like, oh, one, one black person speaks for all black people. And also, when Mayor Tubbs spoke, he was talking about his experience um, with, he went to Stanford as an undergrad, and when his, I believe his cousin was killed in Stockton, he decided to come back to Stockton and actually run for mayor so that he can actually create change in the community, which kind of highlighted what the judge said about you need to be a part of the system in order to change the system. Yeah, Mayor Tubbs is really great. I know about him from my political communications course, and he's actually worked um, or interned, I believe, at the White House. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he's actually been, like, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> Let's put it that way. He's been all around the That's government. That's good, too, yeah. We need a politician. So, like yeah. <laughs> um, did you just quote the people that were speaking, or did you have any interviews with anybody else who was there? How did you um, go about this? We... Um, Steph and I mostly paid attention to what they were saying during their speeches and afterwards we got to talk to them a little bit. It was really nice because you can go up to them and shake their hand and introduce yourself. We got some Snapchat videos for the signal. Um, but we also interviewed the officers of the Black Student Union and we kind of figured out a lot of the struggles that they went through to put on this kind of event. Like, what kind of struggles? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to ask. Um, so what happened was they tried to reach out to the school to get help with their event or try to collaborate with anyone so that they could get the word out to as many people as possible. What ended up happening was nobody responded at all. Like, I think one person responded, and it was from the theater department 
or something like that. Um, Who did they reach out to? Yeah. Like, was it like different? Like, was it like school ASI? department? Yeah, was it like ASI or was it like yeah, the comm they, department? They or went clubs to a- or? ASI and they asked. Like, they did research first. They went online and they researched what kind of events has the school put on for Black History Month before, and they found out about the twenty nine days of equity and diversity, which didn't just highlight um, Black History Month, but also other cultures as well, which to them, they were very happy about that. They're very glad that other cultures could be highlighted, but they said, you know, it's Black History Month, so we should be celebrating Black History. Um, So they couldn't really find people who were behind the past events, and they kind of struggled with that. And then what's ironic or what's strange is that the next day, the day after their event, the school was putting on their own Black History event. So it was like there was this disconnect between the school and the club where they didn't really know about each other and they didn't know that the other person was throwing an event. What was the other event? Who was putting it on? The other event was um, also a Black History Month event. The day after, it featured keynote speaker uh, Tia Oso, who is a community activist in Arizona, and it also had um, spoken word poet Kinara Sankofa. And the people putting it on was um, Dr. Kilolo Brody from the social work department. Uh, she's also going to be the chair of the new diversity commission. Um, and also Dr. Uh, Tweedio, who's the dean of the College of the Arts uh, and Humanities and, and Social and Sciences. Everything. I yeah. actually went to that. It was really nice. Oh, you went to that? Yeah, I the went to t- that. What, what is it, Tia Oso? Yeah, I went, um, and there was a beautiful singing of the what they call the Black National Anthem, and then they were performers, the African, African performers. They actually danced and played some music, like folklore music, and then that um, spoken words poet. It was really great. <laughs> but I didn't know. I uh, See, when I heard about the event, I thought it was the one that you went to. I didn't know that there was two of them myself so that kind of backs up what you were saying yeah i covered both events actually so i covered the first one that was thrown by bsu with steph and i also covered the second one that was just my own article so it was really interesting to get that overlap of like um you know it's the same kind of event but completely different people throwing it completely different people um who are being the keynote speakers for each event so both of them were very unique in their own ways the first one the one thrown by BSU seemed a bit more personal to me because it was thrown in the student lounge and we were very close up to the speakers and afterwards we can go and talk to them and and stuff like that. Whereas the second one, it was on a stage, it was in Snyder Hall and it seemed really, like really professional, yeah, right? it was. They had people working at the door and lights and microphone checks and all that. It would have been really great if they actually got together like both like the black student union and that and they could have just done the event two days in a row mm-hmm. that involved both of the um i don't know how to de- how to describe it you know what i'm saying like put both of them yeah put tubs and the judge and all of them with the other event for two days in a row so you could kind of get a good mix of black history and because i feel like the one that I attended with the dancers and stuff was more historical, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where the other one that you went to is more like, we're people in the black community that's making a difference now. And um, 
like you said, the professor, he does speak about history. So I feel like that would have been perfect if it would have been just one big event two days in a row. So more people could have gone and seen it, especially if there was that disconnect because <laughs> I didn't know about your event. I just knew about mine. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think that it would have been spectacular if yeah. they would have combined both of them and then had this really huge event that had all these exactly. speakers and then you have this huge audience. What's good about having two separate events, though, is that the people who could attend on one day, uh, you know, could attend, whereas maybe you can't attend, so you can go on a different day to the next one. So I guess there, there's that. But again, I think it would have been really cool to see them combine and, and collaborate and then just have this really epic, huge, yeah, amazing event. Um, it would have been like a big party. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's interesting because of the ways that they communicated their events, like the way that they advertised. I think that the the second one, the one that was thrown by the school, that one was, um, the information was disseminated through email. And I don't know if everybody got the email or not. I know I did. Um, I got the email and, and that was cool. But um, I also got some flyers for BSU's event. They did a lot of social media marketing um so it was all over their instagram their facebook things like that so it's really interesting to see the different ways that this that both of their events were advertised see if they would have gotten help they could have done an email or something too <laughs> yeah kind of sad i mean i got an email from from both just because i'm a part of bsu so yeah, i get their emails but i didn't know about it yeah you're so funny tatiana you're part of like everything yeah. i know i'm like in every club <laughs> <laughs> how many was it you said 12 i have yeah 12 now oh my gosh wow <laughs> club queen I, i'm officer in five or six. Oh my so Lord. you're the person to go to got it yeah i'm the, I'm the club queen <laughs> um is there anything that you want to talk about that maybe we didn't touch on uh, I don't know. I would just want to say that both of these events really inspired me, particularly the one that I covered for the BSU one. I think that each speaker spoke to me personally just because I, I don't know, the way that Dean Tweedio explained it to me, I asked him, I said, what, it, what is the importance of going? Why should students go to these events? And he said, well, it's a motivation thing. But also it's like, you don't know the importance of going to the event until you're there like once you're there at the event then you understand then you know why it's important and it's like that's how it was for me was when I was actually there I realized man this is really affecting me in a way that I didn't think that it would um, because it's not just for uh, black people it's for everyone it's for every single culture that comes out it'll speak to you because it, it definitely spoke to me and and so I would encourage anybody who would want to go to anything in the future to go. And I know for sure that they're going to have this next year. They said that they would have it mm -hmm. next year. And hopefully they'll collaborate. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so that's all for today's episode of Ask the Reporter. Be sure to check out all of the stories talked about today in either the print editions or online. Um, and be sure to check us out next time. Thanks for listening.